Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Y'all know what time it is. Time for a much less detailed podcast. Here with you live on a Tuesday night, December the 12th, 2017. I'm Dre, he's Jay. Been another eventful week in the NFL. The hits just keep on coming. This crazy, crazy season continues on. We only got three more weeks left in the regular season. We are breaking down week 14 and getting ready for week 15 coming up this weekend. So, Jay, it's been a while. We uh, haven't had a show in, what, five or six days. Uh, What stood out to you about another crazy week in the league? Well, I will say I was glad I didn't watch it. I, I, only, you know, I was on vacation with the family all weekend, caught all of it on highlights, been catching, been playing catch up here the last couple of days now that I've been back. And, you know, just, it was just a week of football that I was glad I didn't see. Our picks weren't that great. The picks that we thought we had didn't go our way. Um, Boy, just just a, a really crazy week, and if I was, there was a week of football that I was going to skip, that was the one. Yeah, it was uh, it was ugly to watch at times, that's for sure. Especially uh, another season-ending injury to uh, a quarterback that was having himself a hell of a campaign. Deshaun Watson was more of a of a flash. Not trying to call him a flash in the pan at all, but my point is he came along so quickly developed so quickly, had a four, five-week run there, and then got hurt in practice, and that was the end of that. So this was a lot more uh, sustained success for Carson Wentz over the course of pretty much three-quarters of the NFL season, MVP talk, Pro Bowl talk, uh, huzzas and praise all around, but uh, the torn ACL will uh, put an end to his season, and what a huge, huge blow for the Eagles, the, the best Record in football, at times looking like the best team in football, now going to have to go the rest of the way with Nick Foles under center. Yeah, feels very reminiscent of what we saw last year with Carr in Oakland. You know, you thought you had this this charmed season going and then an injury, and we know how this ends. We know We know how this rolls into the playoffs. We saw this with Carson Palmer and that Arizona team that was having a special season a few years ago. And we saw how that ended. I will say, to the credit of the Eagles, Nick Foles is a, is a cut above Matt McGloin and, and Ryan Lindley and, and Drew Stanton. So it, it, he's at least a starter-grade backup where, you know, he, he has started in the league. He's had success. So, and, you know, I, when, I, when I, I watched the full highlight package from that game, the Eagles deserved to win the game. So the team that, that I thought played the best on that day won. Um, it wasn't something where Wentz goes out and then the Rams, you know, made up all the ground. It was fairly back and forth, but the sense that I got was that it was the Eagles 
especially on, in, in an environment on the road, uh, we're the better team on the field. But yeah, this is kind of sad um, because we're going to have the Eagles rolling in as a one or a two seed, most likely. And they'll get that bye week, but it's going to, I think it's going to be really hard. So you, you feel bad and it looks like, you know, with Wentz getting this so late into the season, I mean, he could be done eight months. He could be done a year. We could be going into next season with very with, without Wentz starting for the Eagles again, and uh, yeah, just not just going to torpedo one season for them, possibly two. Yeah, uh, as far as that game, the Eagles and the Rams, uh, I loved how aggressive both offenses were. The Eagles have shown that trait all year. They they don't really take any prisoners. They come right out and, and try to uh, assert themselves as quickly as possible. And they just attack. They go forward, forward, forward. There is no backwards steps. There's no getting around it. And the Rams returned fire uh, after a while. It took them a, a little bit to get in their rhythm, but eventually they fought back and it was back and forth. And it was a very fun, exciting game to watch. The Eagles, uh, pressure defensive pressure winds up winning the game they just smothered the rams in the end and then uh jared uh jared just didn't have any time to, to continue to come back again again the the, the eventually took over nigel bradham was all over the place he had one of the best really one of the best individual games i've ever seen a linebacker have quite frankly he was just everywhere you looked he was there making the play whether it was inside uh rushing the passer outside covering targets, tight ends trying to get open. He was all over the place. And so that's, I think, the, the difference where the Eagles are looking at a, a complete team. They got the, the defensive pressure and they have the offensive firepower, uh, but now doing it with Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz. So where do you think that's going to go? We we I guess you already answered. We We've seen where it goes when – Substitute quarterbacks have to take over for established star quarterbacks. The team just they don't win the title. The, the the Tom Brady fantasy when he replaces Drew Bledsoe and leads the team all the way to a championship, we remember that because of how rare it is, and so it's not something that's liable to happen uh, very often. It hasn't happened really since then. Uh, Jeff Hostel are going back even further for those of us old enough to remember that, but. What exactly do we think we're going to get out of Nick Foles uh, the next three weeks and going into the playoffs? We know he's got to protect the ball. we got to start with that number one uh, first and foremost. So uh, what do you think we're going to get out of him? I think we'll get serviceable play. I mean, that team has a three-headed legitimate running back committee going. So, the, you know, they've, with Ajayi and Blunt, I mean, they've got Clement who can catch the ball, the backfield. They got tons of weapons for Foles to play with. You know, the receivers they've got, they stacked at wide receiver. They've got tight end. The cupboard is not bare. He's going to have the full arsenal of weapons. I think what you're just going to lose that sort of that magic that you had with Carson Wentz, where he would make plays when the plays were breaking down. He'd, he'd get a little real Russell Wilson going in him, or he'd become a little elusive, and he'd, he'd make these these crazy highlight reel throws, you're going to lose that element. I think from just, you know, an X's and O's down to down quarterback play, I think Nick Foles could be just fine. That defense can still carry that team. The offense should still be, you know, I don't think they lose a ton. Foles made plays, 
But, you know, any any decent quarterback is going to make plays. That offense is loaded, and it can rely heavily on the run game. So I don't think all is lost for the Eagles, but they're going to end up with a date playing a really tough team. They're going to play the Vikings. You know, they're going to play one of these, you know, you know Carolina. Might get these Rams again. And they might get the Rams. You got it. I mean, there is going to come a moment where they are going to need Nick Foles to win them a football game. And the odds would say that won't happen. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. A lot of game managing from Nick Foles is pretty likely, I would think. And uh, yeah, that's not going to get it done when it's time to win a title. That is going to, that's going to carry them along and and sort of limp them into the playoffs and limp them into a a first round bye, whether it's the one seed or the two seed. but they're they're right there. They they all they have to do is sort of make it, just kind of carry themselves along over the goal line, over the finish line, as as slowly as they possibly can behind Nick Foles. That is the key. You you mentioned it, the playmaking. There's not going to be the the crazy playmaking that Carson Wentz has shown an affinity to make already in his second year in the NFL. And that's really what puts him a, a cut above because he can make. A lot of the throws, he doesn't make every throw, but you know who what quarterback does. But it, it's the breaking down in the pocket and the the creating plays, the the creativity that Foles just doesn't have, and that's definitely what the Eagles are going to miss when it's time to to pull out a, a rabbit from the from the hat. Foles is is more likely to pull out a, a turd from that hat, and we saw a little bit of that in the Rams game. A lot of people talking about that one throw he made to convert a first down and sort of salt the game away and trying to push back and and shove away and ignore some of the absolutely terrible throws that he made when he first got in there, which which is understandable, not just because it's Nick Foles, but also because he was coming in cold into a crazy back and forth game. And pretty much anyone would have had some nerves uh, in the beginning of that, uh, that stint that he had. But yeah, Foles is liable to make the mistake almost as much as he is make the great play when he's being put under pressure. And I think the Eagles are going to find that out really soon. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to coast into the playoffs here. They're going to be a very high seed. They're going to get a bye week almost guaranteed. It's going to be, you know, they've got the virtue of the win over the Rams. So they knocked the Rams back. The Vikings lost, so the Vikings are almost going to have to win out here. The Eagles, I believe, only need a win. The Eagles get a win here in the next three games, and they've pretty much got this thing locked up. They're starting to put all the the playoff um, you know, scenarios up. And it looks like all the Eagles really need to do is just hold serve here, win one game, maybe two. And they, they should be able to with the talent that they have on that team. To, to make it through. I don't think they're just going to fall flat on their face. They're going to have the bye week to, to, to game plan and get ready, but you're going to get two key, two team, one of those teams that comes out a wild card weekend. Like you said, it could be the Rams. It could be the saints. It could be the, the Falcons, the, the Panthers, the Seahawks, somebody tough is coming out to play them. <laughs> Somebody's going to Philadelphia. It's not going to be an easy out. I, I, the NFC field this year feels, loaded versus the AFC field, which feels like a total joke. <laughs> it's wide open. That's for sure. <laughs> top to bottom, top to bottom. I watched Tom Brady 
play one of the worst games I've ever seen him play as a quarterback um, in that game against Miami. He couldn't complete Kojo's a ball. That shit. He, he, you did. You, you, you put the brakes Kojo. on that thing. You stopped that cold in its tracks. But what I saw, I saw a quarterback who can't complete a ball more than 10 yards. That's what I saw. That's really frightening the way his arm looked last night. But what I what I don't know what any what no one else really knows is was that a one night thing? Was that just a forty year old man that had a bad weekend yeah. and, and woke up with a stiff arm and just couldn't get it done? And it'll be better later on, or is that you know the onset of the the the, the decline? We saw it with Peyton Manning where the decline happened sort of rapidly. Like all of a sudden he couldn't throw the ball at all. He had a noodle for an arm. And it just never got any better. And I think some people are afraid of that with Brady. I tend to think that he's going to bounce back, but it was really, really ugly to look at last night. Yeah, a lot of those deep balls that he was completing were against soft coverages late in the game when the Dolphins were allowing it. Early in that game, anything that he tried to go deep downfield for was horribly underthrown. It was picked. Uh, it just wasn't in the general vicinity, so it basically just became checkdowns to running backs. And if you're running back for the Patriots, it's very easy for you to make a uh, career in the NFL as a receiver because the receivers and you know no Grabkowski either, so he didn't have that presence. He couldn't get the ball to his wideouts for anything until, like I said, late. And you know they finally, finally saw Amendola. Or you cooks, you know, somebody finally caught a ball. That doesn't bode well for the Patriots if, you know, and I know that they thrive on this underneath stuff, but they are another team that's going to need, you know, a big play. That defense looked horrid. Man, they made Jay Cutler look really good. Yeah. And so I'm a little worried for them. Um, you know, no, I just the whole time Miami two and again, weeks ago. So, yeah. and I said it last week. But I'm gonna say it again. And fuck the Steelers. <laughs> so sick of them. I'm so sick of that team. I know we got callers I... that are fans of that team. But if you feel good, if you're a fan of that team and you feel good about the product that they're putting out on the field, that Swiss cheese defense. I mean, they you that was some awful deep. They they let the Baltimore Ravens score thirty eight points. It takes the Ravens like five weeks to do that. Yeah, no, they were they were definitely both teams' major defensive injuries really showed up in that Sunday night yes. game. The Ravens and the Steelers. The Ravens, yes, obviously missing their stud cornerback Jimmy Smith. Uh, as Ben Roethlisberger just lights them up over and over again, and Antonio Brown just has his way with them. And the Steelers clearly missing Ryan Shazier as the Ravens do anything they want in the middle of the and field, Joe and the Steelers just can't stop it. And They're missing Joe Shazier and Joe Hayden. That's right. So you definitely saw the, the byproduct of those injuries. Yeah, that, that's an over-under I would have never bet would have went that far over. Never. <laughs> no. <laughs> 39-38. Yeah. So there's two teams that squarely sit at the top of that conference, and I don't love either one of them right now. Oh, in fact, no. who, who jumps out at you in that field? I mean, if you go just on the impressiveness of their wins over the weekend, the Jaguars were the most impressive team in the AFC. 
over the weekend. And I don't trust them. Jaguars. The Jaguars. Put, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Jacksonville put it on Seattle. What I saw Jacksonville do defensively, yeah, they gave up big plays. But if if you were watching their defense, you know, kind of kind of critically, I was watching them the way they defended Russell Wilson, and they did not put on a big rush till they needed it. You know, in situations when they would put on the rush, in obvious passing situations, for most of the time, they were just happy to just make this nice little pocket around Russell Wilson and and not give him any room to escape. And Russell Wilson made a few runs, but overall I saw a lot of him dancing around looking for places to go, but he just ended up having to chuck the ball downfield, and Jacksonville's defense more often than not was up to the challenge. They ended up coming away with a win. I thought it was a very well-coached game by the Jaguars. Yeah, well, when you are calling yourself Saxonville and you're you're making your yeah. season and your reputation off of just destroying quarterbacks and yeah. you're coming against the Seahawks who have such a terrible offensive line and have had a terrible offensive line for a few years now, uh, for, for us to pick Seattle, I think we were thinking that Russell Wilson would play over that obvious mismatch he just couldn't do it this time in another game. Uh, maybe he would, maybe if they played 10 times, he would overcome it six or seven times, but this time he, he just couldn't do it and give credit to Jacksonville for that. Uh, but they kind of did what they're supposed to do. So I still, like I said, I still don't really trust them. And I also find it sad that the Seattle defense, that the Legion of room uh, oh. was so, so injured and so decimated that they yeah. could not stop Blake Bortles from lighting them up. And I think in, a, in another game, if that defense comes and plays the way they're supposed to, the Jacksonville doesn't have nearly as much success either. Everybody in that Jacksonville offense lit them up. Leonard Fournette lit them up. Chris Ivory lit them up. Blake Bortles lit them up. Marquise Lee lit them The whole Jacksonville offense lit up the Seattle Seahawks. That defense, it truly has become the Legion of Room. I, we, I've been using that phrase for a uh, two two seasons now. It's been just going going a little while now um, since I coined that one here on the show. But it, it has really reared its ugly head. You start losing, you know, Earl Thomas type player and and Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor. You got these guys either all out or nicked up. Like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have problems. You know, they they taught we talked about the difference between Dan Quinn's defense in Seattle and Dan Quinn's defense in Atlanta is those players that made the Seattle defense so special. That Seattle defense has just become the Falcons defense. Well, when you lose talent like that, it definitely degrades. And just like the Steelers missing their best tackler, Ryan Shazier, it, it also hurt Seattle inside after the Legion of Room and all those injuries that they lose their best tackler, Bobby Wagner, to a hamstring. So that allows the running game to go off and do what they need to do as well to put that game away. Just Seattle is breaking down physically really at the wrong, wrong time. And then after the game, they break down mentally and emotionally as they try to attack the the, the snap on the uh, on the kneel down, and then they go into the stands and try to attack the fans who are throwing drinks at them. Just, uh, but that's the that's sort of <laughs> Seattle's uh, mo. They they yeah. mentally they're not exactly the strongest team. No, um, but we totally did not expect 
Jacksonville to be able to hold up to sort of the, the professionalism and the class. What we, class, I don't mean by uh, what we saw, you know, there. I'm talking about the class as far as how they've been the class of NFL, of the NFL. You know, they, they do tend to rise to the occasion. They do seem to save their best for late in the season. And I, I, all credit to Jacksonville. I mean, they're, they're, they're earning their way into the playoffs. They are they are not going in in limp here at all. They're not going to be. I mean, they're going to give somebody a fight. It's not going to be pretty, but they are going to play somebody really tough defensively. They are going to put a whooping on somebody in you know in the playoffs. So we talked about that with Houston in years past, where Houston's offense was kind of shit, but Houston's defense was going to make someone pay if you were going to beat them. Jacksonville is going to do that. They're they're going to get it. They're going to get after somebody, and they just might be able to sneak their way, you know, a week deeper into the playoffs. Who knows? They're most likely hosting yeah, a game. I say I don't trust them, but I also feel like I kind of know what to expect when they do make it into the playoffs. If they play a team that has trouble protecting their quarterback, they've got a shot to beat the fuck out of them. Or, and or, if they play a team that struggles defending the run, they've got a chance to beat the fuck out of them. That Physically, they can beat the hell out of somebody in the playoffs. If you come in light, like say, I don't know, the Kansas City Chiefs, you're a little dainty and light, and you're trying to <laughs> finesse your way into, into the way of a playoff game, and you run into a physical team like the Jaguars, you have a chance to get beat and embarrassed right there, in, on your, whether it's on your home field or at, or at Jacksonville. you got a chance to really get beat up. Yeah. I know they'd lose, but I'd love to see Jacksonville play New England. I, I'd yeah, love to I would see what that. I would love to see Jacksonville get after Tom Brady. They'll I'm make him look. That might be Tom Brady's last game. <laughs> hey, Jacksonville retired Marino. Well, a long time ago, but indeed they did. Again, you have to be of a certain age to remember that. Yes. That was a long time ago. We don't have a lot of Dan Marino references on this show. Don't have a lot of uh, old Jacksonville when the franchise first started uh, references either. But that was that was a classic. Uh, that, that was something. Believe, second year going to the sixty-one to seven, I believe, was the final of that game. Look it up, kids. Yes, they actually beat the, the Miami Dolphins that bad in only their second year of existence. I'm going to look it up right now. My, is my, my voice sounding okay? Is the breaking up still going on there? You did uh, break up right away, right away. It's a little bit, um, but that was it. I was wrong. It was 62 to 7. Uh, you shortchanged them. Give them that I point, did. damn it. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to do. 62 to 7, Dan Marino retired. That's how Dan Marino rode off into the sunset. Not John Elway like. That, no, that's going out like a punk. I'm I'm sorry. I love Dan Marino, but that is how you go out like a punk. But hey, I guess sort of give him credit for knowing when it's over, right? He's like, I this, yeah, this, he this, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm done with this. He shit. was he's Brady Quinn done at that moment. I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so aggravated with still breaking up. I really want to go to the phone. I'll. I'll Listen to the show. No, it's later mostly on no. It's been it's, it's mostly been good. You'll you go back and listen to the show. You'll hear it a couple, you know, little bits here and there, but nothing too bad. 
but that's bad enough for me. It's it's not bad enough where you can't understand me. But again, no. you have known me since 1982, so you can understand me even when I'm breaking up. I'm trying to make it better for a, a new listener that might listen in and, and go, "What is he talking about? I can't. I can only pick up other every other word. This is this is terrible." So I, if been, it's bad again, I'm just gonna go to the phone. Yeah. I think it's the computer. No, you've been I com- think I need a new computer. Been completely, you've been completely audible. Right. Just a little choppy at, at moments, or you know, where the audio sort of like hits these little ups and downs, and uh, not too bad though. You're stressing; it's not that bad. Well, at least I've narrowed it down. It's either the, the computer or or Xfinity. One of the two sucks, and and I need to get rid of them, and, and maybe both. I don't <laughs> know, but at least I've narrowed it down. Hey, we're we're this has been the season of our discontent as far as audio and you know like was it the last last show we had Blog Talk Radio like completely broke on us <laughs> right during couldn't, the show couldn't play I mean, a sound or anything yeah no we couldn't play a song we couldn't even finish the show I didn't even know if the show would go to air because when it asked us to end the episode it just hung up yeah. Yeah, it just kept going. It just sat there with a little spinny wheel, and I'm like, okay, is the show ever going to publish? I just gave up after about 10 minutes and, like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to bed. <laughs> well, I can't we wait all night. Thing, we, we know that Blog Talk Radio is on top of uh, sort of cleaning up dead air on, on broadcast. Yes. I don't know exactly. It, it may not be a person doing that. It may be some sort of automated thing that just detects yeah. no sound and just erases yeah. it. But they know when there's no sound to just cut that out. So at least we had that going for us. I'm thinking that's an algorithm or something where it just detects dead air for and, and just yep. compresses that down until somebody starts talking again. I believe you're right about that. Because we love we love dead air. <laughs> we love dead air. Yes. Uh, uh, we uh, what did we bring up the 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 AFC West? We, I think we mentioned the Chiefs briefly, or I mentioned the Chiefs briefly, thinking about a sort of a finesse team if they run into the Jaguars in the playoffs. That might be curtains for them. So the, the Chiefs, they they're back. Are they are they back? Is it okay to, to think the Chiefs are good again? I don't know because they've been so terrible for a month and a half now. Well, we know they're better than what they've played more recently. It helps when you have the Raiders defense. So you were definitely on on that one. When you have the Raiders defense, you can look good. Uh, and the Raiders banged up offensively, didn't score a point until the fourth quarter. It was mostly all it was all garbage time by that point, anyways. So yes, the Raiders officially tried to rise from the dead, but we can pretty much write them off. They're not going to win that thing. Um, They've still got that outside chance. I mean, there's three games left to go. They're two games back. They need a whole lot of things good to happen for them in order for them to win that division. Because that's the only way they're making the playoffs. Nobody's from that so division's I, making it in as a wild card. So I got this sound effect for, for nothing for the resurrected. They did. I, they're they're yeah. rising from the dead. I can go back to to the to the original music for the Raiders, but right, so yes. they they're they're zombies. They rose from the dead, and now they're they're dead, but they're dead again. They're undead. They they were undead, but now they're dead. It's, it's hard to keep. The division is so bad. The division is so bad. It's just going to be a week to week thing. I don't think we are actually going to know who's going to win that division until a Sunday night game in the last week of the season that nobody's going to watch. Correct. And the Raiders are still only a game back. 
after all that. Now they they have a more they have more work to do as you were pointing out. Up and playing now the Raiders being hurt helped out a lot as you already pointed out, but they looked so awful the week before that I didn't know if that was going to be that was the one that was the part that worried me the most because Alex Smith came back last week and showed that, that he was back on track and, and the offense sort of followed suit, uh, but it was the defense breaking down in their last game that I, that that really had me worried. But the, the fact that they came after. Derek Carr and made life miserable for him. So if they can get both of those factions going, the offense, the creative offense and the pass rushing pressure defense, uh, then the Chiefs really can make a, make their own sort of resurrection of, on the season. They can. Trick is is the, the Clippers won't go away. Yeah. They, they got to fend off the Clippers. They got to fend off the San Diego Clippers. I, and Bill Rivers is finding the fountain of youth. Yeah, you know, and they are going to talk about a team that's just going to kind of sneak into the playoffs possibly or do some damage. Th- that could be really interesting if if all of a sudden the Chargers win that division and they're hosting a game wild card weekend, you know, potentially setting up a matchup, you know, at New England or at Pittsburgh. And it, you just don't know what you're going to get out of this team as bad as they were early. Just rolling off the wins right now and you can't you can't stop the chargers this is going to be a, a interesting race as we go towards the end especially as division heavy as we are here at the end you got all these teams all playing each other right now and you've got some tight divisions the south is tight I mean, this is in the afc the south is tight and the west is we have three games three teams with one game separating them which is just yeah. absolutely crazy. And, and I don't know what to make of the Buffalo Bills still being right in the middle of all that crap after that snow game. Uh, yeah. They're 7-6. They're and six. They're right there. Uh, the, the Ravens and the Chargers, and we talked about the, how bad the Titans have looked, and they, they laid another egg uh, in Arizona. Uh, Buffalo just trying to kind of hang around, even with all their quarterback moves and machinations and controversies. They're trying to the tank, and they're also trying to make the playoffs at the same time. You talk about a perfect microcosm for what the NFL has been this year. The Buffalo Bills pretty much embody the NFL in a, in a nutshell, all by themselves. Yeah, Peterman sticks it to us and gets a win, but that was really Mother Nature. I mean, the, the snow won that game for the Buffalo Bills, and just that slowed everything just down to a halt. I mean, you ended and up with Shady a game McCoy was, running in the snow. Yeah. The yeah. Do you remember that game, had, the Eagles game against the Lions about four or five years yeah. ago when LaShawn McCoy just ran over and around and through yeah. the Detroit Lions in the snow? We should have known. We should have known. It's if Shady McCoy's in a snow game, ugh. It, it's a 7 7 game, though, going to overtime. It is. But, but that's pretty. The, that's the pretty. Run, run to put it away. That's craptastic. Man. That's craptastic right there. That's some <laughs> terrible football. It was awesome to sort of watch the spectacle of them sliding around in the snow, but it was terrible to to watch at the same time. It was terrible football. Yeah. It was a great spectacle, but terrible football. Yeah, you you got the, uh, you know, in the NFC side, you've got three. The NFC South extremely compelling for all the opposite reasons of the AFC South. Uh, or I'm sure it's the AFC West. Because the NFC South, you've got three teams all within a game of each other that are all good. 
Although, I still don't believe in the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers beat the Vikings, and I still think they're garbage. Cam Newton played like ass in that game. That was all. <laughs> that was the Jonathan Stewart show. That was Jonathan Stewart and the Vikings having no answer for Carolina's running game, surprisingly. But Cam Newton was dreadful again. This is not going to last. He was dreadful, and at the same time, he had one of those Cam games where he makes – the big throw when he needs to and the big run when he needs to and looks like being yeah. at times. And that's why you can't trust the Panthers because you don't know, you didn't know which cam you're going to get in the game, much less from game to game. So there's no right. way to, to sort of predict every them. series. Every series is going to be different. Yeah. Uh, damn. If you can predict when he does what he's going to do. Uh, but but the, the Panthers defense, you definitely got to give them, credit for stifling that Vikings offense, which has been so, uh, so excellent yeah. all year. Yeah. That division is really interesting. Just from the standpoint of, we talk about the saints and their resurgent defense. And we talk about the Panthers and their defense. And we talk about the Falcons and their shitty defense and the Falcons have given up the least amount of points of all three of those teams. There you go. But NFL I will say, here's an asterisk for you. They are one point better than the Panthers, who are one point better than the Saints. So maybe they're all kind of shitty. That's real parody right there. Yeah. You got the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints defensively within two points given up for the season. No telling what to make of all that. Yeah, we briefly touched on the Steelers where you told them to go fuck themselves. But uh, what do you make of them? Done. (laughs) <laughs> I'm done with the Steelers. Remember when we had our, our show a few weeks ago where we were talking about the team who we'd buy for the rest of the year, and we'd said that it should be yeah. the Steelers, but they are going to blow. They could possibly win all their games the rest of the season and not get one cover. And they're trying they're to do way. it. They're trying to do it. They're on their way. But, again, it's so hard to – ignore Ryan Shazier missing in the middle of that defense because they look so different without him. And it makes such a huge difference. It's such a hole in the middle of their, their defense uh, that you you make Ben Roethlisberger have to throw for five hundo to, to overcome it. They needed every one of those 500 yards. Uh, So in one way you look at the, at the offense, doing that and uh, Le'Veon Bell getting in the end zone and dancing around and you go, well, if that's what it took to make the Steelers come together and gel and get their offense finally back on track the way it's supposed to be, then so be it. But at the same time, you know damn well Pittsburgh can't win every game like that. Uh, they have to have some defensive stop somewhere along the way. Uh, it, it does bode badly for, for their future right now. Uh, so that's what I make of the Steelers is that, yeah, the offense looked great. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger – throwing all over the place. Yeah, Antonio Brown is, is a Hall of Fame receiver, and he proved it once again. But damn it, when you take such a huge piece out of the middle of the defense like that, it's easier not just physically making the plays, but being the guy calling the signals and putting all the defenders in the right spots. Uh, God, just what a loss. What a huge, huge loss that yeah. is going to, to turn out to be. And Whatever the Steelers do in the playoffs, there's no way that I could pick them to go all the way. Uh as constantly uh, uh, constituted, as presently constituted, I should say, uh, is just too much to overcome. 
especially considering that the Dolphins sort of gave everybody the blueprint for what you need to do with that Patriots defense, because the Patriots defense is really bad. I, I think that they've, they've won a lot of games, but they are, are they're hiding the fact that their defense is a lot worse than their record and the stats would show. And you had Jay Cutler, who's a semi-mobile quarterback, doing a lot of play action and a lot of bootlegs, and the Patriots were were selling out that whole game for like the first movement. It's like they were fine until the play wasn't the play they were expecting and they could not adapt. I mean, the Jay Cutler would do these this play action, which he's good at. He's a good play action quarterback, and he's still got a little bit of mobility left. Not a ton, but he could move out of the pocket a little bit. And he'd roll out on these bootleg, and he was just shredding them. On the run, guys wide open. I hate to say it, Steelers fans, that's not Ben Roethlisberger's game. No. Ben Roethlisberger's no, game is stand there and just wait, it just wait for guys to get open and throw the ball well. He throws the ball well, but his 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 you know aptitude at the quarterback position is not mobility. All the mobility he had when he was younger pretty much got knocked out of him because now he just stands there and takes shots. And I just don't think that matches up well if we end up seeing a Steelers Patriots rematch in the playoffs because I think the blueprint is there for what you need to do to the Patriots. Um, and they're also, boy, they're, they're, they're not, they're not, the Patriots aren't tough against the run at all either, which gives Pittsburgh, maybe gives Pittsburgh's fans a little bit of hope because Le'Veon Bell can make anybody look like a chump, but I just didn't, I just don't see that match in the passing game. Um, because we've seen the Roethlisberger can be had if he's having an off game at all. And a lot of it, I think is going to come down to where that game is played, <laughs> you know, and that's why this game on Sunday that we're going to get. Uh, this is probably the, for the AFC right here. And we kind of had a feeling it might be when we saw it on yeah. the schedule. Steelers and, and Patriots are going to go one-on-one coming up yeah. on Sunday, and it's it's, it's going to be a barn burner. In, is it in Pittsburgh? Are they in Pittsburgh? I believe so. Uh, they're in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's a favorite. They'll win, but they won't cover. Is that is that what we're <laughs> looking at here? New England They'll be like Pittsburgh. two and a half. Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh no, no a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And they'll win by one. Zero, there's zero chance Pittsburgh will be favored, even though they're at home. It's New England. It's the Patriots. It's, <laughs> even though they're coming off a loss, maybe even because they're coming off a loss, people will go even more on the Patriots ah, because they're coming off a loss. So, ah, okay, interesting. I haven't. I have no idea what the line is. I haven't looked at it. I promise you, New England no. minus two or three at the moment. I promise you. Which would be a joke. Um, but yeah, but every, everybody Patriots. loves All the, about Patriots. the Patriots. Baby. I know. I know. Is this prime time too? Is, is it, no, it's not. No, wow. CBS made uh, said hell yeah. no. We're no, not you're right. That. We're not flexing that. Yeah, Patriots, <laughs> uh, Patriots are minus three. Okay. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Oh, oh. Pittsburgh is not going to be favorite. No, CBS. Okay. Uh, the, there's some games you can protect. The Fox and CBS can protect a few games yeah. from getting flexed out. And CBS said, "Fuck you over our dead bodies. We're letting this game go. We're holding on to this one." So 325 or 305, whatever time that's going to be in the afternoon central time, get ready because that's going to be the potential for the game of the year. Yeah, we're going to get the stunning Sunday night matchup of the Raiders and the Cowboys. You know they wanted to flex out of that. You know they did. (laughs) Wow. But, hey, 
it is the Cowboys. It's still going to get a big number, but you know they want that, yeah. that Steelers Patriots game. And and Falcons uh, Bucks on Monday night. Nah. That looked oh, good when yeah. the season started. That don't right. look so good anymore. No, it doesn't. Uh, what's going to happen to your Packers up there now that uh, uh, Brett Hundley has managed to lead them to a couple of victories and put them in striking position to, to still make it into the playoffs? It looks like they're going to push uh, Mr. Rogers out there uh, into his neighborhood really, really soon, like maybe this this upcoming Sunday. Well, Rogers isn't eligible to play this week, I believe. Oh, well, he's not clear. I believe yet. it was only. I think he was only eligible to come back for the last two games. Oh, the IR stint isn't up yet. The IR stint isn't up, so that means I'm pretty sure that we have to weather this Brett Hundley game at Carolina. If they can't go to Carolina and win, they're done because they they lose another game to a team that they're chasing for uh, for the playoffs, then there's no point in even bringing Rodgers back unless it's just the whole, hey, hey, look, it's Aaron Rodgers, everybody. Um, bring is, him back uh, to play this the... Is, this is verbatim from Roto World. It's actually just released uh, while, we're, while, while our show was on the air. Aaron Rodgers ah, announced okay. he's been medically cleared to return. Uh Rodgers' Week 15 status had been up in the air earlier in the day, but this seems to point to him being under center against the Panthers this week. So okay. here comes Aaron okay. Rodgers for everybody so to, I was, to so love that means, and, and respect. So that means that I was off by a week. <laughs> so yeah, I was off by I've a been week. I, that I, they were I, was under, I was under the assumption that they, that they had to win three games there at the end. So if Rodgers is cleared, that would be very interesting you got to start them. I mean, you have to. You're yeah. still playing for something. I mean, if they if they start Rodgers and the Packers lose, then that's fine. You know, give them a break. <laughs> you know, but you know, if you if you're a team and you're you're still serious about playing for your season, excuse me, for your season, even though you are clearly on the outside looking looking in, they could win out and still not make the playoffs. I mean, there there is scenarios where that could happen. Yeah, they're clearly uh, out of the division. The Vikings have that taken care of, and then to get past uh, the line, the Lions are currently ahead of them with the same record. The Seahawks are yes. ahead of them with a, a, a game ahead of the Packers. Uh, yes, so they uh, Packers, overcome Packers them. have that tiebreaker though. The Packers beat the Seahawks. Huh? Problem is, is you know the, the 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 Packers don't have that tiebreaker over Atlanta. They could beat Carolina, end up with a tiebreaker over the Panthers. Um, but they but they're still chasing people. They also have right. the tiebreaker over the Cowboys. So they there's a road for them that they could win out. I mean, again, they're playing division games after Carolina this week. They're playing the Vikings and the Lions to finish the season. So winning out could really really help their chances. But there are still scenarios where Carolina gets to 11. If Atlanta gets to 10, they're done. Um, there, there are scenarios that are in play for for the Packers not to make it. On a note, yeah, they definitely still they need got, help. The Packers got completely dominated by the Cleveland Browns and deserved to lose <laughs> that game. I mean, they absolutely got manhandled by Cleveland on both sides of the yeah, line of scrimmage. 
I mean, I felt bad for the. I know I had the Browns picked to win, but I just felt bad for Cleveland because they absolutely owned that entire game. And, you know, and the Packers tied it up with about 17 seconds left to go. And then once again, I get screwed by a, a touchdown in overtime. What, what, the Packers could just kick a field goal? Nah. Eh. Go for the push? Nah, we're just going to go for the touchdown. Eh. We're just going to wreck everything here. But no, Cleveland absolutely deserved to win that game. Yet another new and fantastic way for the Cleveland Browns to oh, a game. God. They're just finding ways to lose, yeah. man. It is, Let's dominate it the whole game. Let's dominate the whole game and then give up a 65-yard punt return. <laughs> and let Brett Hundley find the, the guys in the in the end zone, the yeah. Devontae Adams, and then the incredible pirouette and, and run after the catch for the overtime touchdown for the win and cover. Oh, the uh, the bad beat for the Packers right there. And, and uh, finally, I get on the, on the good side of it because I've been on the brown fever uh, – a lot of the season. Yeah, I still to find think mine was win. worse. I, I still think mine was worse because that was like it was bad. It was really, really bad. It was over, but that one, this, this one that the Packers pulled 14. off was pretty bad too. Yeah, well, Cleveland was up, yeah, twenty-one-seven going into the fourth quarter. Well, the Packers were about to score as the fourth quarter started, so that made it twenty-one to fourteen, pretty much right at the onset um, of the fourth quarter. But yeah, Cleveland completely. Deshaun Kaiser played easily his best game as a pro. Uh, the Browns were running the ball. Their their defense was stout. I mean, the Packers' scoring drives were just like interminably long. I mean, they were they had to go. Even that touchdown drive when they got to the twenty five yard line, I swear it took them nine plays to score <laughs> from the twenty five yard line. Even at the end of regulation, that's how poor the Packers' offense was in that game. Their scoring drives were like thirteen plays. 15 plays. I, I swear if you go back and look, it took them forever to score a touchdown from 25 yards out at the end of regulation there. Uh, two weeks in a row. I mean, I'll give the, the Packers and Brett Hundley some credit, but that's two weeks in a row that they got completely dominated by the team that they beat. It was the Bucks and the Browns both completely outplayed the Packers. Now both times. Yeah. So the so, the irony would be that they bring back Rodgers this week and then they lose. And then they lose, right? Uh, I, it sounds like you're already over the possible uh, uh, any injury risk of bringing Rodgers back too soon. I'm a little worried about it, but like okay, you said, they, they got to go out with. They got to go. What out happens with the best if guy. he breaks his collarbone? It doesn't matter because he'll still play next year. So unless something else gets injured, which you can never predict if they're just worried about a rebreak of the collarbone and it's a six to eight week injury anyways. Um, he's a fra- he's a fragile guy. Is any, you got to get the most out of him while you can. He's always been fragile. Well, it'll be back out there. It certainly looks like uh, under center on Sunday. So we'll see how long he lasts. You know, and, and, and upsetting, what has to be upsetting for them was losing the you know, winnable games. So they lo- they won games that they should have lost. But then at the right. beginning of this thing with Hunley, they were losing games they should have won. Yeah. So and I guess it all kind of clearly wasn't out. ready and, and right and had to sort of grow into it a little bit. Because I think this, this Hunley from uh, – when he first got in there, wouldn't have won these two games that they were losing. He would have just turtled and, and completely crumpled. So 
yeah. I, I give him a little credit for being steadier than he had been when he first got in there. And, you know, that's what happens with experience sometimes. So good. On yeah. Him. And the two games, the two games that they won with him here, these last two weeks, it wasn't stellar play. He just was clean with the football. He truly just game managed uh, oh, yeah. two games. And that was all it was. Um, but what has to not be, what has to be a little more concerning for the Packers was their offensive line is still a joke. It completely. And their defense was getting shredded by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when Browns. Yeah, that's, that's not optimal. Yeah, the Browns did not look like an 0-12 team. They ended up looking like an 0-12 team. <laughs> but for three and a half do. quarters, for three and a half quarters of that game, they looked like they were going to at least get that first win. And they don't know how to win, so they figured out a way to lose. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so a couple of the the also-rans or the other teams, the other uh, happenings from, from week 14. Uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Uh, oh, dude, you, he, he's got to stop throwing the ball to the other team. This sounds like such an easy fix, but it, not only uh, that the running concerns, the fact that the running game isn't doing what they thought it would do, that's bad enough, but I almost put that to the side. Dude, first and foremost, stop throwing the ball to the other team. That's what Marcus Mariota has to do right off the bat. There's now they've well at least we know they've gone from being the least impressive eight and four team in football to the least impressive eight and five team in football. The Tennessee Titans are the least impressive eight win team in football. That that continues uh, from last week to this week and might continue on after that. Yes, because I I can look up and down the league at seven win teams. There are there are plenty of teams that have seven wins right now that I would definitely take over the Titans. But if you look at the eight win or better teams, they're clearly the worst of the eight win or better teams. Uh, all I can say is we haven't talked about it till the beginning of week 15. Uh, if the Titans make the playoffs, I believe we have our Saturday afternoon playoff team. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whoever the, because if that yeah. is, if that is Titans at, Jaguars? Oh, yeah. That is your Saturday afternoon ABC uh, football game. 4.30 Eastern time. Mark it on the calendar now because that would be some ugly football. They'll be taking the Houston Texans ceremonial spot in that that 4.30 first playoff game. Yeah, absolutely horrid the way that's going right now. But I I do believe – uh, the way it would stand right now, let's see here. Right now, if it was to start right now, the playoffs, we, it would be actually Bills, Jaguars, Titans, God, Chiefs. Damn. I mean, that, that Bills, Jaguars game might might actually outrank Titans. They, Chiefs were ugliest. I, I would actually vote game. for them to just play both those games on Saturday <laughs> afternoon at the same time. At the same time. And just regional coverage only, because in the <laughs> NFC right now you'd have, I mean, you right now if you started the playoffs, boom! Right now today you'd have Falcons, Rams, and Panthers. Okay, Saints. And Panthers, Ooh. Saints. Real 
football. Real football in the NFC this year, folks. Those division matchups in the NFC are garbage. Uh, There's plenty of time for all of it to shake down. Uh, We'll we'll see how it all works out. Uh, Real quick, uh, area code... Seven two four is on oh. the air. You're on in much less detail the podcast. Please state your name, where you're from, and what's on your mind. Hey, it's Joe in Pittsburgh. How are you guys doing? Hey, Joe. Welcome in. I'm assuming a, a Steelers fan. No, no. Um, really? Actually, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to give you guys my perspective on wh- why, as a Cowboys fan and Cowboys Nation, we have no sympathy for Carson Wentz and what the Eagles are going through. Um, I have nothing against Carson Wentz. Everything I've seen from the guy in college and pros, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a future star in the NFL. Where the Cowboys issue with this is probably goes back to 1997 when Michael Irvin was laying on the field in the old Bet stadium where a lot of people thought he could actually be paralyzed. He was taken off of the field on a cart. Um, his extremities could not move at the time. And I live in, I live in Pennsylvania and I saw the Eagles fans message boards at the stadium with some of the worst disgusting behavior I've ever seen when an individual could have been paralyzed on the field. Um, always a rivalry with the Philadelphia Eagles being a Cowboys fan, but that day it kind of took it to the next level. That's why now you hear all the, you know, Cowboys, the whole division, NFC East has Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls. And the last thing in the world we want is the Eagles to ever have a parade on Broad Street with their first Super Bowl win. So just to give you the perspective, Cowboys fans have nothing against Carson Wentz. We do not wish injuries on anyone, but we do have an issue with the Eagles fans. And that's the pleasure we take in the fact that they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. Um, The greatest thing personally I could see is the Eagles in their first-round playoff game losing in front of their home crowd and then winning another year for their Super Bowl. The the rivalry still uh, still stings there, huh? Yes, and uh, if you guys remember the Michael Irvin play, um, I live in Pennsylvania, so – I, you know, I have firsthand to it. I've been to a few games with the vet uh, at the old vet and uh, never wore my Cowboys gear. Um, just I, 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 I want to go to a game, enjoy the game. I wasn't looking for a fight or just I was looking for good football. But yes, yes, gentlemen, it, it, it is personal with Philly. All fan bases have uh, a good side and a bad side of fans. But let me tell you, the Eagles' bad side honestly does outweigh um compared to other fan bases um even here in pittsburgh um where i live now you know there's there's a you know disdain for the cowboys because of the old rivalry in the 70s um but Mm -hmm. it's nothing like the eagles and their fans um they really do take it to another level and they honestly revel in it and they take pride in wishing injuries and, and and people laying on the field uh, just like kind of your guys' opinion um, on that, my statement. Ooh, that's a that's a long way back. Uh, that's but but is it is kind of famous the uh, the the Eagles fans sort of cheering and 
and hooping and hollering as Michael Irvin lay on the field is definitely something uh, that I remember. I know Jason does too. Yeah, you know, and it's hard because when you have a perspective as a fan of a specific team of something that another team, you know, especially in a rivalry situation, a tough division, I mean, there's no love lost between any of those teams in the NFC East. Um, I can understand the perspective that you're of what you're coming from. I get it. You know, I Andre is a lifelong Bears fan. I'm a, I'm a Falcons fan. I mean, I'm to live with 28 to three. You know, for the rest of my life until they rise up and win win a Super Bowl and kind of wash that ugly taste out of their mouth. So yeah, I have a little more, you know hatred of the Patriots when it comes to my fandom because of that and, and, and other teams. And I don't like the saints and there's teams that I don't like. And if that had happened, we're one of a team that, you know, you know, Andre, you remember Wendell Davis. I mean, his knees came apart oh. in the vet. I don't remember if he got cheered, but Philly, Philly fans are notoriously kind of shitty um, towards the opponents and in that stadium. And that's a rough place uh, in general, sort of legendary for how awful, those fans can be towards the opponent. So I could see, I could see that leaving a, a bitter taste in someone's mouth and, you know, Carson Wentz goes down and it feels like just a big bag of karma getting, getting dumped on the other team. So yeah, I get it. I mean, we, we, we try to, we try to take an angle on this show a little bit more, more broad for what it means for the overall. Uh, I don't think we were very, you know, we're, we weren't like, we're not Eagles fans. I mean, but we were appreciative of what they were doing on the field this year and what Carson Wentz was doing. And he was really making some good things happen. And I think it makes the playoff scenarios. And I think it makes what we're going to see going into January worse. I mean, I know as a Cowboys fan, you're, you're secretly delighted by it, but I don't think Andre and I are going to no, be excited secretly. to watch there, Nick there's, Foles. Uh, <laughs> there, there's no secret about it. I'm, I'm openly... <laughs> happy about it. I actually put a, a, a post on my Facebook and my wife saw it and then actually made me erase it because it was pretty, uh, it was literally after oh. the game when I found out he tore his ACL and there was a little bit, maybe too much um, joy in, in my post. So the wife saw it, I took it down and, you know, I realized maybe I went a little far, but my, I guess my last point, and it's funny if you guys think the Eagles fans are bad, the Flyers fans are even worse, if you can believe that, when it comes to uh, uh, etiquette at a game. No, I believe well, it. Well, we don't uh, talk the about The city of hockey. Philadelphia is, is pretty notorious. Hockey? I, oh, I believe no. it. <laughs> we got hockey at our show. It feels dirty. Hang on. Got to wash <laughs> off here. No, I, I get it. Uh, I, I'm not feeling any sympathy for Aaron Rodgers and his collarbone coming back as a Bears fan. So now, Joe, I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. All right. You guys have a good one. Take care. All right. Thanks, you Joe, too. Wow. I wasn't expecting that call tonight, but. Uh, no, I mean, we, we, we just figured everybody who calls this show is a Steelers fan. <laughs> well, he's the one he's from. And then we finally, then we finally get a caller from Pittsburgh. Not the Steelers. All Detroit Cowboy fans. It wasn't just a Cowboys fan. It wasn't just a Cowboys fan. It was the representative of all Cowboys fans, at least the way it was that I heard. Well, we're no longer live. If anyone was listening okay. for that Denver Indy pick for Thursday night, it, you just have to <laughs> tune into the you'll podcast. To, I'm, I'm sorry. You'll have to subscribe to the show. That's the, the way we hooked you. We hooked everybody right. to subscribe to the show for that Denver Indy pick. 
because the only people who would listen around for the Denver, Denver indie pick were degenerate gamblers. Indeed. And, and, and given our record and given our record on Thursday nights, they're only listening uh, to our picks so they know who to take against us. Can go the can go the other way. Um, yeah, you're making oh a lot God. of money if you're going against us on Thursday nights. Uh, for the record, last Thursday night game of the year coming up in a couple of nights: the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. Denver four and nine, Indy at three and ten. Denver is actually the favorite. Uh, they they lay two and a half at Indy. Jason, who you got? I, who cares? <laughs> you, you know, Indy has shown some fight. Uh, Jake Brisket and the Colts that they they've actually done, even though their record is shitty, they've done an admirable job. They've hung around in some games, but Denver is clearly the more talented team. I know it's the Thursday night thing. This is the Super Bowl for probably both teams getting a little bit of primetime love here. But De- Denver is the better team. They'll probably, you know, now that I've said that, they're going to lose. But I'm going to take the Broncos. And I, just who cares? Wow, this is truly we pick them all. Yes. Uh, this is truly the breaking down of two teams that uh, they thought would be better than this before the season. I, I Pretty sure they thought Denver and Indy late in the year would be an interesting matchup, but uh, Andrew Luck not being there at all, and Denver completely disintegrating and liquidating before our eyes. Um, I agree with the general sentiment of I don't give a fuck about this game, and I didn't know which way I wanted to go because either way I could certainly make an argument for. So believe me, I don't feel very confident at all about this pick, but uh, and, and I agree with you in general that Denver is the better team. So that's why I was considering them, even though Indy is on the short week. And I was also considering Denver because Indy is coming now off of that Buffalo game in the snow. Do you remember how you felt uh, the day after we would play snow pickup football games? It would be a little extra ache because it's so much harder to, to run around and yeah. slog around when you got soft, pillowy snow that you have to step through. For those of you that aren't in wintry conditions and never had to walk or, or, or run through that. It's it's even it's more difficult than just running around. Yeah, it's even more of a workout than just running around and, and, and on the grass. Whatnot. So he has to recover from that, fly back home and, and try to play a football game three days later. Uh, and yet, I, I guess I'm going to go with Indy because in the end they didn't throw very much so I'm thinking maybe Jack Brisket and T.Y. Hilton are not as quite not quite as tired as, as all the other guys because they didn't really do much because they were just trying to run the ball over and over again. So maybe they'll hook up and, and have a couple touchdowns between them and, and eke out a victory that way. So there you go. Our, our big breakdown yeah. of Denver and Indianapolis. Yeah. No. Hey, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, at I, least I there's a hook on this game, right? There's a hook on there, right? So we can't at least have a push. There it is. We, we, Someone we'll will win this pick. head on Thursday night, on the last Thursday night game of the year. That'll make it uh, sort of kind of interesting, maybe. I won't. I won't. I'll watch the first quarter because I'll be at work. And that's about it. <laughs> I have no idea how much and I'll be on my way. Uh, and I'll be, on my, I'll be on my car on my way to the theater going to see Star Wars on Thursday night. So I, I, I oh, don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about the... <laughs> This, this game at all. We, truly, we get to this point in the season, we just pick games because that's what we do. But we're the depth of the picks, I don't think, is quite there for some of these games. 
like it should be early in the season. I'm still kind of chuckling over the passion of Joe in Pittsburgh, still remembering the the reaction to the Michael Irvin injury from how many many years ago that was. Uh, The the, the fire still burns. He he still has passion. It was Michael Irvin. It was nothing some hookers and dildos couldn't fix. (laughs) Yeah, believe me, if he could get up and walk, that was the first place he was going. was right to the White House, and I don't mean in Washington, (laughs) D.C. We give equal love to every team on this show. See, now here's the other problem I had. You put the post out on Facebook, Joe. The wife catches it. Man up. Own it. Double down. That is when you You double down. That's when you double down. Own it. Put it on Twitter, too. Retweet. Do whatever you have to do. Just be a man and own it. And, yes, just do it it the Jason way. Double down. Well, he maybe he really respects his wife's opinion. I, 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 really I guess. With that. I guess. I guess. <laughs> we got to get that drop. We got to get some hawk drops here, huh? We do. In, in well, honor for of that one. Yeah. Oh, is he officially done? Is he done now? Uh, well, I think next year is officially done. He's definitely reducing his schedule. He's uh, He already had announced that he's not doing any of the Sox Cubs yeah. games in Wrigley because he hates Wrigley Field that much because he's a yeah. prick. Yeah. 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 Now as the Cubs won the World Series, he's probably like equally bitter. But that's what you do. You double down. Double down. See? Double up double on your down. That's right. Don't just – don't get caught out. You know, don't I let your agree. wife call you don't, out. Double down. Don't be, Own a class, it. Don't, don't be a classless asshole and then backtrack it as if you're sorry about that. You're not sorry. Go go, go hard. Go harder. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm, I apologize for you anyone know. who was offended. That's basically the equivalent of that. Don't do that. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, oh, boy. Yeah. Just own it. So, yeah. That's what I said. That's right. What are you going to do about it? Feel terrible um, about the women that I accosted and molested. No, you, you did it. You grabbed their tits. Own it. Come on. You were happy when you did it. Don't act like you weren't. <laughs> That's, you you know what? Well. I'm sure you could come up with a completely passable excuse. Like, hey, you know what? It was a different time. That stuff was, you know, hey, come on. Come at me. What do you want me to do? Well, if any, if any of them are being honest, whether they're in Congress or on NFL Network or what have you, if any of them are being honest, they're just they'll look they'll look you right in the eye and go, "Okay, I'm a man, and men rule everything, and I've have I've yeah. grew up like that, and I still kind of believe that. And yeah. if I want to put my hand there, I'll put my hand there. What do you want me to say? So, I like tits. So fuck you. I like tits and I like pussy, so I grab it sometimes. You can get elect pre- elected president grabbing tits and, and pussy. You know? Yeah. Come on. If any of them are being honest, that's what they will say. Yeah. No, I, all of a sudden now it just becomes, you know, it's become the, the, the guilty until proven is, and all you got to do is accuse somebody of something now, and they're like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I quit. You got you me. Well, some of them wow. some of them double down, like you said, and just you know, no, I'm not going. Most anywhere. most just quit. Most just quit. Most are just like, oh, screw it, I'm done. Right, or if they if they're 
why if they have a company above them, then the company lets them go immediately. Yeah, oh, you're, you're done. You're finished. Yeah, you yeah, have nice day. Here's a hat. Here's a coat. Yeah. Here's some sanitary yeah. wipes too. Don't check my hand on the way out. Ew. Ew. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't quite know what to make of, of of the world these days. But I've I've been saying that for a for a for a long time now. Don't quite know what to make of things. So. Yeah, it's not getting any less bizarre. It's not getting any less, any more yeah. predictable or less bizarre. So it's just we just kind of get a roll with it. it. It's just it's. Did you see that part about the NFL Network that like half the the athletes on NFL Network are suspended for sexual harassment? What? Seriously, yeah, I wasn't making that up. Yeah. Wow, it's, Marshall. So you mean Falk? Marshall Falk? Uh, yeah, I know. Right, Marshall Falk of all guys. Um, and, and several others. Heath Evans is another one, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a big to do. It's a big thing going on in NFL Network now. A lot of guys, and I think it's spreading to uh, I think some ESPN guys as well. It's uh, there, there's a massive uh, uh, undertaking going right now of uh, of sexual harassment uh, claims being thrown out there. So it's you you said a few weeks ago it was going to spread to everything, and and you were right. It is spreading to everything. Yeah, I mean it. It just it just won't stop. And you know, and all and again, all you have to do now, all you have to do is just accuse somebody of something. That's all you got to do. This has become like sexual McCarthyism. No, the difference is pretty much all of these are true. No one's really saying that didn't happen, with the exception of like you know the idiot in Alabama running for Senate, but. Everyone else is saying is not, not really saying that none of this happened. They're all just sort of like you said, backing down. Is like, yeah, I'll I'll show myself the door now. I'll, excuse me, I'll I'll be over here. Uh, so so it all happened is the problem, and uh, so to to stop those things from happening in the future, I guess this has to happen now. All these accusations have to be taken seriously, and, and they all have to be dealt with right now, right this second. And it just it feels like a huge fireball of sexual allegations being thrown at like the entire male gender. Um, but the, I guess the whole issue, the problem is that pretty much they're all true. So that's where, that's where you got to kind of step back and go, well, maybe we do have to kind of right. look at what's going on. Well, but we again, do. as a society, we don't start from the presumption that it's all true. And that's where we've gone to see if you're just looking at it from a legal standpoint, accusing somebody of something isn't, the same as that's what happened. And we've just immediately jumped to that. Not saying that these things didn't happen. I'm just saying that now it's just the mere accusation of something happening and somebody being lumped in with something that happened. And it's, yeah, we don't know. We, we actually don't know. We don't, we don't know if the stories are all true, if they're all 100% accurate. We don't know if there's embellishment. We don't know what's going on. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it didn't happen not blaming the victim. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just saying we don't actually know. If you want to take the attitude that you just presume that every accusation is just automatically true, you end up going into some really, really dark areas because then that just becomes, then it becomes weaponized. Then it becomes, well, I don't like that person. I'm just going to, because we've gotten to that point now. We've gotten to the point now where this can just be used by somebody and, you know, former employee all they have to do is, you know what? I like—I didn't like that guy. He was a jerk. I'm just going to accuse him of something sexual. Boom. Done. Out. This is where we're going to. I'm just saying. I like to project these things out. 
and I'm usually not wrong. Uh, I was really hating when I was reading about the Patrick Kane case, uh, the, the Black Fox. Again, another hockey reference. That's two on the same show. I think the Ugh, podcast is going to blow up. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing is going to blow up. We're mentioning hockey twice. Um, it was really sickening to read how the cops up there in Buffalo, New York, were sort of like they're taking the victim and going, well, you know, we'll we'll pursue this, but – it, 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 to your point about innocent and proven guilty in a court of law, it's still hard to get all the evidence to make sure that the, that a conviction occurs. So, you know, we'll we'll look into it, but we're we're gonna warn you. It's gonna be dirty, and it's gonna they're gonna drag you, you know, down the the rabbit hole. And they're gonna drag up all your sexual history. They're gonna do all this and do that. So you might want to think twice before going forward with all this stuff. So it's it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be where you make it an onus on the victim to have 100% incontrovertible evidence of what's happened before you decide to go ahead and pursue it because you don't want to take that L on your, on your legal record of, well, I pursued it and lost because we didn't have exactly enough evidence. Uh, it, it really shouldn't be that way. And I don't know what to do to, to change that, but that's why a lot of victims from what I've heard is that they don't want to come forward because they know that it's not going to get, taken seriously because people are going to go, well, if you don't have exactly the right, if you don't have like video evidence or, you know, the, the, the guy's semen on your underwear, or, you know, some sort of physical proof, then it's so much harder to prove in court. So that's, that's why a lot of them don't come forward to begin with is really shouldn't be that way. Yeah. I mean, we're, we, we, but again, I mean, you're, you're dealing from like this utopian place in your mind where everybody gets along and this is the, the, the thing that we're striving to as a society, but you know, we're still a nation of, of laws and you're still innocent until you're proven guilty. I mean, no, none of these people are being sued. It doesn't seem like they're just throwing accusations and people are getting fired and suspended and, it's something, you know, it, it started off, it se- I thought it started off fairly well-intentioned. I'm not sure, because like you said, this thing is just going everywhere now. It's going everywhere yeah. and through everything. Now, I have the perspective of not having that in my history. So we're coming from two completely different places. Uh, I don't yeah. have that behavior in my history where I've done that to someone. So... You know, maybe I do have, maybe I'm the one with a little bit more utopian view of things where, you know, because I've not done those things. I've always treated women with respect. So maybe there's that. No, that, that's great on you. However, you know people, and probably not just me, but oh, you know sure. other people that have treated women the way that a lot of these guys have treated women. And, and therefore, they should be afraid. And, and I'm afraid. And we're all afraid of, of the things that we've done in the past coming back to haunt us. And we should be afraid because the things that we've done were bad. And uh, like, again, Sorry. a lot of these guys, pretty much all of them are, are just taking it and, and not saying that this is incorrect or, or false or anything. And you know, when these guys are, are falsely accused, you know how much they yell and scream and rant and rave and try to defend themselves. A lot of them do it even when they're guilty. They, they yell at the top of their lungs. The fact that <laughs> right. they the fact that nobody is yelling at that and saying that I'm innocent, uh, that I'm innocent of these accusations, when I, I think that's, you don't want to take that as sort of proof or evidence that they're guilty. But I kind of take it as proof or, or evidence because, like I said, when they do get falsely accused, boy, you hear it, you hear it 
all day and all night. I did not do this. And even when they're guilty, there's Bill Clinton sitting up there. Over the, I did not have sexual relations with that oh, woman, yeah. even though he had sexual relations with that woman. So uh, it's, it's a new it's a new day now. It's, it's a different sort of atmosphere and, and a different light that's being shined on on all of this stuff. So I, I don't know exactly how to feel about it. I'm in general, I feel good that uh, that the, the 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 page is turning and that the behavior of these animals and I'm one of the animals again uh, for anyone, uh, for any new listeners, I've uh, admitted very openly and freely uh, before that, that I was a, uh, uh, a sexual harasser and a sexual uh, assaulter back in, uh, in my teenage years, uh, not as an adult, but as a, as a teenager, but uh, yeah, it, it's definitely turning the other way now where a lot of the girls that, uh, Again, for my example, and you don't have any of these uh, situations to talk about, but for my examples, a lot of the girls, when they did try to speak up, uh, when I did what I would do to them, they wouldn't be listened to necessarily. A lot of the teachers would be like, you know, boys will be boys, and he's just, you know, uh, he's he's being a, a butthole, but just deal with it, and, and it'll stop, and if it doesn't stop, come back to me. You know, the first or the second or the third time, they wouldn't necessarily get listened to. So it, it sometimes uh, it's really easy to discourage a, a victim from coming forward because they don't get taken necessarily seriously. And, and it's even when it's their own gender, they don't take them seriously. Uh, I, I've talked to, about some of the reaction at my job from the women at my job when they see things on TV like the Bill Cosby accusers and stuff like that. And, and I was shocked when I heard some of their reactions, why are they coming forward now? How many years has it been? And what did they think that he wanted when they went up to his room? They knew what he wanted. Uh, even their, you know, their own people, their own sisters, quote unquote, don't really want to give them the benefit of the doubt. So of course they're going to be afraid to, to come forward. But uh, now it's a, uh, it's a new day. Everybody's coming forward now. And uh, I, I kind of feel good about it, but at the same time, I'm kind of uneasy like you, like, damn, what, you know, where does it end? Right. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is you reach a point, and this is one of those things that we talk about. I remember we talked about this, you know, and a lot of these topics are uncomfortable topics. We talked about this, though, with, um, God, I remember we had the Charlottesville show. I go back to that. And then we had, you had the whole thing with the Robert Lee, the whole ESPN thing. And it made the whole thing a joke. It did. It just it became, because it gave everybody that moment to go, yeah, yeah, enough is enough. And I, we just haven't reached that enough is enough point with this yet, but there's going to be one. And sometimes that's all it takes, unfortunately, is one that makes the whole thing seem silly. And we haven't reached that point yet, but there will come a point. Perhaps. Perhaps we shall wait and see. Uh, so... Not too many other things uh, in, in football uh, to discuss that, that happened in week 14. I don't know what else you wanted to get to. The one thing I definitely wanted to mention is I, we talk so much shit about the guy. Got to give him his props. And I meant to do this before he got hurt, but uh, we had another quarterback go down with an injury for the rest of the year. Uh, Jake McCrown broke his hand for the Jets, and, yeah. and that's going to end his season. So as much shit as we talk about this guy and and – Make no mistake, he's no great quarterback, and it's still a joke that he got brought out of retirement uh, teaching football at, at some high school to come play for the Bears, and he turned that into 
an extended five or six year run after that. It's stupid to think that someone could do that, but uh, and his play had been so you know between average and subpar all this time. It's like really he's still in the league, but this year for whatever reason with with that group of of weapons, quote unquote weapons with the Jets, you can't name two Jets receivers. You just can't, because I know I can. Uh, with those guys, with a team that everyone said was quitting before the season even began, Jake McCrown did the following, 67.3% completion percentage, a 94.5 passer rating, 2,926 yards, 18 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and threw in five rushing touchdowns for the hell of it. Jake McCrown. How about it? What a season for Jake McCrown. All the shit we talk about him, give him his props. What a season for Jake Way to give him the love. Got those Jets to five and seven. Who thought they were going to win five without, games at this without stage? Jake Imagine McCrown? The fuck didn't. Without him, they might, they be, might only they might be fighting wins. wins. Right. They, they might, might they be might fighting be, with Cleveland yeah. for uh, the number be one pick. 2-10. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, the, the, the one glaring thing that you forgot to talk about. Janine. Jimmy Garoppolo. You forgot to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo again. Look at that. He's perfect. 2 and 0. 2 and 0 baby. He is a perfect 4 and 0 in his NFL career so far. Now, is that going to keep up? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but hey, he's perfect right you now. The, you just beat the team that's in front of you, right? It's all you can do. It's all you can do. It's all you can Especially do. Especially help out when the when the quarterback in front of you gets so clearly concussed that everyone can see it and he gets sent back in the game, but that's neither uh, here nor there. Yeah. What's going on with this? What, I mean, we got another Matt Moore situation. First of all, and we first of all, concussion. Tom, uh, Tom Savage has a history of this. This is the same guy who got concussed last year, diving into the pile like twice, just trying to get himself concussed to get knocked out of a game. And I'm sticking with that story. I just don't think he wanted to be in the game. Um, but, yeah, it happened again. Guy gets clearly concussed. Everybody can see that he's shaken up or got his bell rung, quote-unquote, but they still just let the guy keep playing. This is, I mean, they do this with Cam Newton like every game. He didn't get his bell rung, though. Cam Newton never did it. Dude was on his back with his hands up like he just got knocked out in, a, in an MMA match. Like he he's was fine. Out. He's, he's fine. fine. Get in there. He's all right. He's just a little, nothing to see a little here, bird on it. Move along. Nothing to see here. Huh. Hey. Uh, I, I think I figured it out, though. I think I know why he, he keeps getting concussed and getting sent back in there. Bill O'Brien hates him. He wants to see <laughs> him die on the field. <laughs> Bill O'Brien hates his guts. Bill O'Brien's got, he's got nothing left. That's what it is. He's got TJ Yates. Oh, and he, and he doesn't want to see TJ get there. No, I, I think it's because he hates Tom Savage. I remember when Tom Savage was sucking last year and the plays that, that O'Brien was calling, like throw over the middle to the tight end if he's open, and if he's not, throw it away. Don't do anything else because you suck, and I don't trust you to do anything else. And, and 
New Hopkins is standing out there with his arms up going, I'm open, hello, I'm open. He wasn't allowed to throw over there because every time he threw over there, he got picked off. So I, I think it's just Bill O'Brien hates Tom Savage and wants to see him just completely get buried out there. Yeah, yeah I'm okay fine. with Send that. Send him back out. Yeah. <laughs> be, because Tom yeah. Savage is terrible. But yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. just keeps winning. Jimmy Garoppolo just turning that franchise around all by himself. Uh how much love are they going to get next year? And they're going to get, get picked to make the playoffs, the, the 49ers. Janine Garoppolo is going to get drafted in every fantasy draft. Everyone's yeah. going to completely overreact to all this. So that's going to be the funniest part to come out of it. But don't take anything from, away from him yet because he's still undefeated. Yeah, and they're hosting the Titans, the most oh. unimpressive eight-win team in football. Well, there you go. If they knock off the Titans, you can really get the hype train going for Janine Garoppolo. Yeah, you want to talk about the the 49ers throwing a wet blanket on somebody. I mean, they I mean you got Jimmy Garoppolo just rolling. Man, I mean, the well, 49ers, the 49ers have a fun stretch here to finish out the season. If Jimmy Garoppolo runs the table, I'm looking at their schedule for the next 3 weeks. It's the Titans, the Jaguars, and the Rams. Okay. This won't happen. But <laughs> if Jimmy Garoppolo runs the table against the Titans, the Jaguars, and the Rams, I get, they kind of oh, would deserve some love going into next year. They could pull six wins out. Yeah. If they could pull six wins out of that team, finishing off on a five-game winning streak, and beating basically three playoff teams the last three weeks, which was which we know is clearly not going to happen. But if it were to happen, yeah, put them in the Hall of Fame. We'd have to retire the preseason hype award because everyone we would, would be we, the No, we would rename all, it. All it would not be co- it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the Houston Texans preseason <laughs> award anymore. It would instantly become Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> preseason hype preseason cheek pick to make the playoffs because if they run the table and finish at six and 10, everybody's going to have the Niners suddenly relevant in that division again. Oh my God, the Niners are back. He is the second coming, but yeah, that is like murderers row coming up. They, they had a couple of softballs here with the bears and the Texans. Yeah, you you run through the Titans, the Jaguars, and the Rams with the almost what almost thirty wins between those three teams. Yeah, you deserve it. Go go do it, I Jimmy. I'd, I'd like to see you do it. Yeah, I would see him do it too. Yeah. <laughs> go, go figure out what the odds are in Vegas for that three team right there. <laughs> uh, you'll be you'll be getting points for for all of those I, I, i'm pretty sure tennessee will be yes, favored especially considering yeah that that's 10 at tennessee um oh, that's that's that san fran but no, that's tennessee tennessee at san fran. much better team i had i had my i had my ats backwards that's at san fran and then they host the jaguars too but then they have to go to la uh for the rams so mm. they got the titans and the jags at home and then they go to L.A. to finish out the year against so if you three teams love, that are playoff relevant and fighting and Hollywood playing something. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you want a if narrative. You Hollywood we, we know how this is. Oh, man. Yeah. Man. There's three games that you know, how uh, this, you know. 
You know, Jimmy's getting points on all three of those. We know how this team and how this league, I should say, loves the narrative and loves hype. You you want to explode the offseason into overdrive. Let Jimmy Garoppolo go 5-0 and as the 49ers starting quarterback. Oh, man. My, my head would explode just thinking about that. Uh, so that was your uh, little holiday get getaway weekend with the family. Nice. Nice. We got the kids off to the water park for a few days. Today's my last day off of the of the stretch, and I get to go back to work tomorrow for a snowstorm. So uh, we're expecting like four to six inches of snow tonight, which I'm not too excited about. Having to drive to work in tomorrow. Life in Wisconsin. That's just you know it's how it is. Actually, it's coming fairly late. And the fact that we've gotten to December the well, what'll be December the thirteenth without really a major snowstorm yet, and this isn't even a major one. This is just like a quick like four to six inches just blowing through in the morning. Still been fairly easy so far. So we're 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 really due for some some awful weather. They got more snow down south with this last big storm that came through. Like Atlanta got completely shut down because they got eight right. inches of snow. It's more than we've had all all winter so far. Yeah, we're lucky that missed us. That was, that was kind of close. We had some parts ah, of Texas you, that they got, got it. it too. No, yeah, the right. Whole, the whole like, <laughs> east, the whole like eastern seaboard in Texas. Texas got snow. Right. They have no snow removal equipment in Texas, so they, 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 no, everything shuts down. Oh, or Atlanta, right. Uh, no, I don't. So, I don't yeah. miss the snow. I, I really don't. I'm, I'm actually soft now. I did. It's been no. <laughs> uh, it's been thirty, twenty five, and thirty degrees in the morning when I leave for work, and I've been wearing my big winter coat. And my wife is laughing at me, like, "Really? You need that big thing?" I'm like, "Yes. I'm sitting in this truck. I'm starting it up. It's cold. It's not going to get warm anytime soon. The, the truck got 160,000 miles on it. It doesn't warm up immediately when you turn it on. It's not a a new machine by any stretch. Believe me." Um, so but I'm, I'm certainly not missing the, the snow and the, and, and the very, very frigid temperatures. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Southern boy now. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled. When, when it's below it 40 long, degrees, huh? I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah. Wow. I'm living south hey, for 40 years. Now. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get to a couple more, a uh, couple more weeks of this and 40 will be, sh- you know, short sleeves weather. <laughs> yeah. It's tropical up there where you are. We'll be, well, yeah, we'll be at the park with the kids. It's forty. Oh my god! <laughs> so this past Friday, uh, my wife surprises me and says, "Hey, her," uh, she said, "her boss gave her tickets to a Memphis Grizzlies game, the the NBA team here." And I said, "Oh, good. We'll go check out a Grizzlies game." Now I have no idea what her boss's seats are. Her boss apparently makes a lot of money. Because these were the best seats I've ever sat in in, in in an NBA game. We go up the tunnel into the, the plaza section, and then we start down the stairs to the seats towards the court, and we keep going, and we keep going, and we keep going, and we keep going, and we literally wind up sitting directly behind the scorer's table. Oh, like, wow. you were right there on the court. I'm looking up at the player's walking around because I'm basically on the, almost on the level with them right there on the floor with them. 
and I was my mouth dropped like, oh my god, these I I had no idea these seats were gonna be this damn good. This is fucking awesome. Now, unfortunately, the Grizzlies suck. So, but but that partially explains why we were given the tickets because the Grizzlies are no good, and they were playing the Toronto Raptors, who are okay, but not a you know not a draw. No one goes out of their way to go see the Toronto Raptors play basketball. You can't name two players on the Raptors. Uh, but the seats were, were awesome and just an, an incredible experience being able to sit there. Waitress service. Waitress coming up to us and asking us, what do we want? And she's going to bring it to us. It's like, oh, my, this is, this is how they live. The seats, the seats were wide and cushioned and comfortable and completely different from the seats when you're sitting up there in the nosebleeds with all the with all the riffraff. Uh, just just a wonderful experience. As you may remember, I sent in an, uh, an audition tape because the Grizzlies were looking for a PA announcer uh, to replace their dearly departed uh, Rick Trotter, who was uh, arrested for filming of women's skirts in church, speaking of sexual harassment and, uh, and abuse. And uh, they were like, they actually looking for two people. They wanted a new PA announcer for themselves, and they wanted a new PA announcer for their uh, D-League team, which is called the Memphis Hustle, I believe, which play out in uh, in South Haven, Mississippi, which is very close to Memphis, like 10, 15 minutes away. And they did not call me back for either one. Uh, so this was my first Grizzlies game this year. So this is my first chance to hear that PA announcer. And, and if you also remember, if you're a listener to the show, you remember me trying out for the PA announcer for the Memphis Redbirds, which is the AAA baseball team down here, and I did not get that job either. And ever since I've gone back, I've gone to dozens of Redbirds games because I had to have a side gig working uh, uh, scoring games uh, for the Redbirds. So I've heard that PA announcer dozens of times, and I've come back on the show to report to you how awful he is at his job, or he's announcing the, the wrong guy at bat, or he's announcing the next guy at the plate, even though the previous plate appearance has not ended yet, and things of that nature. And I've tried not to be bitter about it, but... I'm better. I know I'm better. I don't have any experience. So I'm not surprised I didn't get any callbacks or anything, but I'm better. I'm just, I, I figure I should show up and do what I do and show them how much better I am. And I did, and I, I did not get uh, the callback, but that's what happened. They they went with somebody else who probably had a, some sort of inside, uh, uh, you know, some way of getting that gig before anyway. It was pretty probably promised to him and sold up for him anyway. So I don't know who this guy was that they hired. So some black guy with a shaved head, and he, he had a nice voice uh, for the for the Grizzlies uh, that I went to. It sounded fine, but uh, again, I, I'm trying not to be bitter about it. Mispronouncing names, uh, miscalling uh, calls, simple calls. If the guy, if the referee puts his fists in the air and then twirls them around each other. That's called traveling. You should be able to know what that call is. He didn't seem to know what some of the simple calls were because the calls would get made by the refs and then you wouldn't hear any announcement at all. And I'm looking down the row at the, the PA guy and he's, you know, again, I'm right there behind the scorer's table. So he's at that table. He's only five or six people down from me. And I'm looking, you know, right at the back of his head going, dude, you, you want to wake up and, and make the call? And and say what happened? Guy's making baskets, and he doesn't announce who it is because he clearly didn't see who made the basket. Maybe it's a crowded situation where someone tempted in, and he didn't quite know. But that's what you're paid to do. You should be able to look and see who scored the basket because that's kind of what your job is. 
and the most egregious for this guy is you may remember or you may know a guy, uh, a player named Serge Ibaka. He used to play for the Thunder. Uh, he now plays for the Raptors. Pretty, uh, I, I, wanna, I was about to say pretty famous basketball player. He kind of famous, not exactly you know a household name. But if you if your job is to to announce basketball, if your job is to be a PA announcer for a basketball team, you should kind of know the name of the guys that have been all stars and have been good players in the league. You should know how to pronounce their names. So this guy's name is Serge. Ibaka, S-E-R-G-E, Serge Ibaka. His name is not Serge Ibaka, dude. Serge, I don't know who the fuck Serge is, but that's not what this guy's name is. But that's what the PA announcer announced him as. And I almost said something out loud. And I'm sitting close enough where if I said something, he probably would have heard me. I almost shot my head up and said, what? Serge? Who the fuck is Serge? I really had to bite my tongue real hard not to say that this guy was a complete joke and a waste of time and a piece of shit. And I sh- should have been hired over him as well. And I would have done a much better job. Because at least I know the names of the players on the other team. And I also know how to announce the guys who make a basket instead of just just sitting there with my mouth open going, oh, uh, I don't know what just happened because I can't see anything. So, again, try not to be bitter, but that's my uh, experience from attending this Grizzlies game. Great seats, all props and all thanks to my wife's boss for hooking us up with some excellent, excellent seats. The new PA announcer sucks, and I would have been better than him, too. You're not doing so good at not sounding bitter. Um, I never I never <laughs> have done good at that uh, as no. much as I try. So. Yeah, just say it. Yeah. All right. I, I, I just had to get that out. It, as you as you can imagine, the way I feel about things like that, like, come on, really? Dude, come on. Basics. Basic shit. Come on. All right. Yeah, you at uh, least want to feel like you applied for something and you didn't get it and you lost out to a pro. To a much better guy than me, yes. Or a girl, if that would have been the case. But no, this guy sucked. <laughs> so... Hey, I Serge Sergey Abaka, huh? Sergey. <laughs> even I know who Serge Abaka is. Okay. I wouldn't have even screwed that one up. Yeah, Sergey Abaka. Uh, we will be back Friday night if you're. Uh, hopefully, you're available Friday because otherwise, it would have to be Thursday. Uh, uh, yeah, have, I'm gonna be like we have really tired Friday night, but I'll be here. <laughs> okay, we have Saturday. Have football, just, oh, so. we have Saturday games, don't we? We have Saturday games. We have and, Saturday uh, games this week. I, I don't get that. Why? Why do we have I, I a Thursday it. night? It's the last know. Thursday night ah. of the year. Um, and then I we have an NFL Saturday Network games. game on Saturday, which you know, you know is going to be my least favorite thing. It's going to be the special Saturday edition of Thursday Night Football. <laughs> it's all about the marketing. Oh, um, I get it. The, the last, me. the last college games on Saturday were a couple of weeks ago. This past Saturday yeah. was like the Army Navy game, and that was it. There was nothing else being played. So I get it. they're trying to get those those guys that got into the habit of watching football on Saturday. They're trying to get that market and then roll from there into the playoff games uh, on Saturday, and then sort of build an audience there. So I, I under I understand yeah. it. That's a good game, though. We do have one hell of a game. I will point out that we have one good game on Saturday, but we do have one really good game on Saturday in that Chargers-Chiefs game. Not a good game 
other oh, than the compel it's compelling. Compelling Lions No. No. Oh. I don't. Hey, your boy Mitch played good. They 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 kicked some butt. The Bears did. I still love him. I don't I don't they, care how much John Fox holds him down. I still love Mitch Trubisky. We I think were he's both really we good. were both all over the Bears. That was one of our better picks in a week of pretty lousy picks. That was one of our better ones. That was one of three that we won together. Three on Sunday. Yeah, you were and you were calling for a little bear whispering on my part when I went with that one, but that I, that didn't quite qualify as bear whispering for me. But we were both fairly on board with the Bears. And they did not let down. Yeah, well, I know what I was on board with. I was on board with Cincinnati coming up short after that game with Pittsburgh. They got nothing left. The Bengals are done. No. Marvin Lewis is done. Well, Marvin Lewis should be done. I mean, if Marvin Lewis keeps his job. He won't keep his job this time. I'm, he's he's got to get fired. He's got to. <laughs> you got coaches being let go. Yeah. You know what? Now would be the moment for somebody in Cincinnati to accuse Marvin uh, Jones Mar- <laughs> you know, of sexual harassment. Marvin Lewis People. accused of being somebody, uh, uh, somebody out there listening. Do your city a favor. Get it done. Get it done. People, Cincinnati, you're taking one for the team. The the time is now. So while we're the chances like this may never come again, <laughs> with this fever pitch that everything is at. Get your coach fired. Just accuse him of sexual harassment. While we're on the subject of timing for our shows, this pick show it week gets weird. Will be it gets will be Friday. really weird. Yeah, yeah. Next week has to be a Thursday night pick show again because Friday night I'm in the yeah. air. I'm in. I'm on my way to Chicago. Yeah. and there'll be and Saturday football once again, so we can't do a Saturday show when I get. To and Saturday. I'm actually. I'm actually fairly okay with that because there is no Thursday football next week. So we actually get to do Correct. a Thursday pick show in anticipation of Saturday football. That's fine. So yeah, so we'll do a Friday pick show. Let's, uh, we, can, we don't have to yeah, do the recap do, show because yeah, we don't have we'll to get just ready do for one Thursday big show. Night. Yeah. We'll do one big show next Thursday. Um, yep. You know, we could, and we can probably start getting into almost playoff mode here. Uh, anyways, although there is all the games in week 17 are Sunday games. On Sunday. So we'll do one more week there in week 17 where we'll do a recap and then we'll do our pick show heading into the weekend. And then when we start rolling into the playoffs, for people who aren't familiar with our format, we tend to roll them both into one show. Right. Really, these recap shows during a regular season are an excuse to get our Thursday night pickings. Otherwise, we wouldn't. Yeah, find a way to, to do that normally. Yeah, but there's also a lot of you know during the monotony of the season, there's also a lot of things going on. We do have other things that we like to talk about. We have baseball season kind of overlapping with a lot of it, so there there are a lot of things going on. You know, and everything always gives us something to talk about. We could do the show two hours every day and fill two hours. That's not a problem. Absolutely, love for somebody to come along and pay us to do that. Um, yeah, so we're waiting. So yeah, our next show Friday night. Uh, night is nine o'clock. Okay, or do you need ten o'clock? I need ten because I work on okay. Friday. Um, so I won't. I don't even get home until nine to nine fifteen. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at our records uh, that I've been 
avoiding probably on purpose. Yeah, uh, so. we don't. That... <laughs> Man, I'm ugh. just so verklempt. Did I'm you give it all back one, yet? Did you give I'm it all one back game, yet? I'm one game away from, from 500 land after that wow. unbelievable start to the season. I'm one game away. Wow. I'm 99, 98, and 11. Yeah, you're like, uh, what, 11, 12 games up on me now? Yep, 12 games of your 87, 110, and 11. But my God, how good I was and how bad I've been. It just boggles my mind. Did our locks, anyway. How did our locks do? I didn't even pay attention to our locks this week. You unfortunately had the Raiders to go into Kansas City oh. with how bad the Chiefs have been playing. God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but mine worked out because I... The game we hadn't talked about. Eli Manning's big return for the Giants. How'd that work? Yeah, that that go so good. Man. Yeah, I knew that wasn't going to go well because he stinks. He looked looked like Eli Manning all over again. I locked in the Cowboys, and and I enjoyed that one. So that puts me in a driver's seat for the locks. I'm up all all of seven to four. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but you're up three with three to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to put that thing away. So, so it'd be the you, first you time you've won the locks. It, it would finally. You'd have to just win so all you know, the person the who's won the locks has never won the season. See, I, I didn't need to to hear that. That's not uh, that, that's not encouraging. Uh, but but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to soldier for. I'm trying to be the first. I'm trying to blaze that trail. Yeah, you can't uh, gag yeah, this up. You just can't. You cannot gag up. The, you know. No pressure. No pressure. There's no pressure. You're killing me this year. 12 games, though, going towards the playoffs isn't as huge as it felt like. You know, 12 games advantage after three or four weeks and 12 games advantage going into the playoffs, it's all about percentages right now. I just got to play the percentages game. I just got to not let you run too far ahead of me. If I get this under 10, if I can just get that lead of yours under 10 games, I actually am not giving away that many points going into the playoffs. I was about to say, there's a lot of time for you to make that less than 12 still. I can continue to gag yeah. this thing up. Plus, we always have, there's always week 17. There's always week 17. You claimed the coin this year. You want to flip the coin for week 17. For any new listeners, we flip a coin week 17 because that's how yes. crazy week 17 usually is. We we have our picks that's and then we right. flip a coin. I'm flipping the coin this year for the first the time ever. We do. I'm flipping the you, coin this year. Yep, we we are. You're you're gonna handle the coin. That'll be the first time you've ever done that. Yeah. So we'll see how that works. I'll out. do it. Uh, yeah, because we do that live on air. I was gonna say otherwise, I would do it even better and have my daughter flip the coin. <laughs> we never get. We wouldn't get the picks in because she'd lose the coin yeah. and then we'd be chasing yeah. it around all the time. Yeah. So. I, actually, maybe with this what I'm maybe what I will do this year is I will bring my daughter down here and I will ask her to pick every game. Oh no! Don't no! Don't embarrass us like that. Ugh. And I will of, have my daughter. I am gonna. No, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna just have her look at the pretty pictures uh, for each team here. I go. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, Trini. Trini, do you like the Panthers or the Falcons? Who do you like? Do you like Panthers or Falcons? Do you like Bengals? Do you like them or do you like the Ravens? I'll just have her pick on like how pretty the logos are or something. She's going to walk away after two or three picks. She's going to get bored out of her mind doing that. I hope. <laughs> I'll just hold up flashcards of each team. Which one do you like, sweetie? Which one of these Maybe looks I better to want, you? I just wanted to walk away because I don't want to get embarrassed losing to your daughter's picks. 
That's what I want. <laughs> it's usually the third official, unofficial, sort of like the unofficial co-host of our show. And she can go back and listen many, many years later and go, I'd be draying picks when I was five years old. <laughs> hey, you're just lucky. If my daughter had a fantasy team, you'd lose to her, you would lose to her twice every year. Guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, man. All right. Call it a wrap. Friday night, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern. We will make our picks for the rest of Week 15 in the NFL. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast. We are still on the air pending any possible sexual harassment allegations, which may be coming down the pike. We, we never know. Thank you all for listening, especially Joe in Pittsburgh with his Michael Irvin hatred still going strong. Keep that hate of keep keep it keep it strong, man. Don't back down. Don't let your wife double tell you what to do. Down. Keep it strong. Double right. down. Let her kill your vibe, man. You know what you're doing. We will be back Friday night, 10 p.m. Central. Taking the rest of week 15. We will talk to you then. See you later. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.